Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6pm Eastern on either the Convention of States Facebook page or the Convention of States Project YouTube channel. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another edition of COS Live. I'm Rita Peters. I'm the Senior Vice President for Legislative Affairs with Convention of States Action. And guys, I'm going solo today. My uh, trusty partner, Andrew Woodruff, your co-host, is not with me this evening. So I'm going to try to do it on my own. I hope you'll be gracious with me. This is my first time doing it by myself. But we have a great show for you this evening. You know, just recently, our Iowa grassroots team just obliterated an all-time record for Convention of States. So today's special guests are a group of district captains from our Iowa team who were part of that, and they're going to give us the details on how their Iowa team made Convention of States history in what turned out to be a record-breaking event. So we've got Jim Walker, who's an events coordinator and district captain, Quincy Droick and George Karen, who are also district captains, and they're coming up for you in just a few minutes. We also have another on-the-ground citizen field report. Those are so fun and exciting. But first, we're going to get to our Article 5 trivia giveaway with Mike Ruthenberg. Mike? Thank you, Rita. Boy, what a pleasure it is to be here today to be part of another Facebook Live and to bring you guys the trivia and hopefully some great information for some of you folks that are here to learn a little bit more about the Convention of States project, our process, what's going on. And today's question is going to be really great. Although I have to say that watching this entire show to get some inspiration from some of our grassroots activists that are going out and getting thousands and thousands of people engaged with the Convention of States idea through petitions, you're definitely going to want to hear what Rita has to say and what the guests are doing to stimulate the Convention of States growth throughout America in every single legislative district in America. There's not one that has been passed with the Convention of States project. We're so thrilled to be gaining in popularity and to see more and more people joining in, including on this show. It's been an overwhelming number of people that are watching. Unfortunately, it makes it a little bit harder for you to earn the prizes that you're gonna get today. Today, I'm actually wearing the Hell No Joe hat and the Hell No Joe shirt, and I'll give away either one, whether you want a hat or a shirt, from our store. Now, remember, if you don't win, if you're not the one person that gets the answer to our trivia question, you can go to shopconventionofstates.com and you can purchase a hat or a shirt. These are extremely popular right now because unfortunately, our commander-in-chief, our sleeper-in-chief, or whatever your feelings are, there's some things that are happening that we just simply as self-governing citizens need to say hell no to. And you can wear this shirt. I have people all the time stop me and say, I love that shirt. I want to get that shirt. It's a great conversation starter to find people that think just like you. So let's talk about our 
our trivia question, and it's very prescient right now because, of course, today is the day before Article 5 Day, a couple of days, two days before the Constitution Day, which you guys know is the anchor of Constitution Week. But Constitution Day is to celebrate the entire Constitution Day. There's an Article 5 Day, which is tomorrow, and this, this trivia question gives you an idea of why Article 5 Day is so important, and that's September 15th. It marks the day when Article 5 of the Constitution took its final form at the Constitutional Convention of 1787. Article 5 is the portion of the Constitution that deals with the ability to propose and ratify amendments to this founding document, something that has been done successfully, many of you know, 27 times in our history. But did you know that the draft leading up to September 15th, Article 5 Day, omitted the Convention of States option, or what we also call the second provision of the Convention of States? Instead, only Congress would have had the ability to propose amendments to the Constitution if it weren't for this delegate that stood up at the 1787 convention and made a speech that led to the inclusion of the Convention of States in Article 5. My question is, which delegate to the 1787 convention made that speech that led to the inclusion of the Convention of States? in Article 5, a very important person. Hopefully you know we often call him the father of Article 5, and I'll tell you at the end who that is and explain a little bit more about this little history lesson. Now I'll turn it back over to you, Rita, and you can get back to our show. Thank you so much, Mike. Well, it's time now for us to welcome some amazing members of our Iowa COS team. So we have Jim Walker, who's a district captain and events coordinator with Convention of States Iowa. And we also have Quincy Droik, who is a district captain, and George Karen, another district captain. So we have three district captains from our Convention of States Iowa team and Jim, who is also the events coordinator. So I want to start by just asking you, Jim, to give us the scoop. What was this event where you saw this historic success and how many petitions did you gather? This was the uh, Iowa State Fair, something we've been wanting to do for a couple of years. And because it was canceled last year, this was our chance to, to get in and really dig in hard with it. Um, it was an 11-day event. We averaged about 600 petitions per day, and we ended the total with roughly 6,400 petitions, but we figured we'd lose a few of them because of incomplete information. So we're, we're saying our official count was 6,300 plus. That is just incredible. And I'll give you some perspective. The previous record was held by the South Dakota and Wyoming teams from the recent Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, and that was about 4,000 petitions. The Kansas team collected about 3,000 at their state fair a couple of years back. The Florida team collected 2,000 at a single event not too long ago. So the Iowa team getting well over 6,000 petitions at a single event just demolished those records. And you now have the crown for the most petitions 
signatures ever at a single event. So Quincy, what do you say? Was your team going for the record? What made you so successful? It was a it was a system developed earlier this year between Jim Walker, myself, and Nathan Hayes. We had come up with a way that in a high volume stream of traffic we could get petitioners out of that stream. We were not shooting for a record, although at the first time I went there and we pulled so many petitions so fast, I knew we wanted to absolutely get as many as we could. And I feel we were a tremendous success with this system. That's about the summation of it. Can you share a little bit about your system that was that worked so well for our other teams in other states who would like to emulate your success? I will give you I will give you as much as I learned. I learned this system from Jim Walker and Nathan Hayes. It is <clears throat> we do not sit behind the table and wait for people to come to us. We move our table to the back as far as it will go. We approach the stream with two people out in front and they will simply catch the petitioner's attention with an opening line. And it must be very brief and straight to the point. And then when they say they will sign or are interested, they direct them to the petition clipboards in the back and that is where someone else can help them sign and they simply get another person out of the stream immediately. They do not engage or usually do not engage unless there are questions at that point. And actually that is exactly how we did it. And we do it also holding these new QR code uh, business cards in our hand. And that is an absolute must because people actually go to the website with those cards and they are a great source of information. Wow. Well, it's, it sounds so simple, but obviously very effective. George, I wonder if you could tell us about maybe some of the interactions that you had with different people at the event. What kind of conversations did you have? Well, we, you know, in a lot of cases we're out front and we would just highlight one thing like term limits and that would draw them in. And then as we, uh, as they drew in, if we were behind uh, where the tables were, where the signatures, a lot of people had more questions. And then we would answer those questions or kind of go through uh, the states that had already signed the, uh, signed the uh, application and sent it to Congress. And so we would just have a good chance to interact with people uh, who had more questions about what what was going on and what signing in. Uh, and the funny part about some of it, sometimes people would overhear us that were coming by and then turn around and come back by um, just because they would hear the interaction. So that was that was kind of fun. very true, George. Very true. That's so neat. George, is that one of the banners you have behind you? Is that one that you used at the event? Well, we didn't We didn't use this particular one at the event. I don't believe we had this one. We've used it at the gun shows uh, before uh, when we were in Waverly, but uh, we, we had, uh, at that one, we had a TV set up and 
um, other, you know, all kinds of information people could get if they wanted to. Um, and some people did and some people did not. Um, it just really depended on their level of interest uh, when they signed up. I wonder if you all could just um, sort of take turns and tell us your COS story. How did you get involved in the movement? What is it that inspires you to volunteer and to give of your time, talent, treasure, energy? You're obviously all in. What has inspired you to do that and how did you get involved? Jim, if we could start with you. Well, I heard about this, uh, oh, probably about three, between three and four years ago, and just started looking into it. And I talked to several people about it and something we should do. And then an event came up where we, there was a call to go to the state capitol, and I just decided it's time to put my money where my mouth is. So I went down there. I met our state director um, at the time, and... Uh, you just you invited me to uh, put in an application for district captain position, which I did and I got. And it's just to me, this is the most important thing we can be doing in the country right now, because um, if we don't put the brakes on the federal government, they are never going to stop themselves. Absolutely right. How about you, Quincy? I actually was on the Convention of States website for three years. Uh, debating with others and learning. And I joined at a simple invitation by a man in South Dakota, Harvey L. Fitzgerald. I credit him for the reason I'm here because he actually convinced me it is time that we act. And I have, uh, I do what I do. And I'm very passionate about it. And I do it because I don't want my granddaughters to inherit this very broken system. And the more I learned, the more passionate I get. Hmm. That's great. George, what's your COS story? I haven't been with COS that long, only since the, it, the end of January. And uh, uh, I heard about COS listening to uh, Glenn Beck or one of the other ones. Since then. I know I, you know, what's this all about? And then once I started looking into it, I, I said, well, I, you know, I had to learn more about it and I took all the classes and that and uh, Karen, our state director called and said, you know, what would you like to do to volunteer and uh, would you like to be a district captain? And I said, ah, I'm not qualified to do that. And uh, I, I kind of just, uh, you know, read a lot more. What am I going to do? How can I help? And then I decided in July that I should become district captain. Um, and and my thing for getting involved is is uh, I can't sit by and do nothing as the country falls apart. So um, this is the one thing that I saw out there, one solution that uh, that we can do to peacefully act in this time. So that's why I'm all in. So many of us are feeling that way. Thank you for your time and for volunteering. Before I let you all go, 
Jim, I want to ask you, what's next for the Iowa team? It seems like the only way to top this record-breaking event is to pass our Article 5 resolution. I know Iowa has come very close to doing that already a number of times. Now it seems like things are lining up for a big push in the coming legislative session. So what's the Iowa team got in store for us? Right now we are looking at every gun show we can get in. We want to, I know we're not going to match the numbers that we got at the state fair, but we want to spread the word and let people know that this can be done. And we want to send a message to our legislators and senators that they have voters out here that want this done. And they either get behind it or they will risk being removed and replaced. Um, and we're, we're running out of time. We can't be nice anymore. We got to tell them you either get on board with us or we'll put somebody in who will. Well said. May I interject this, please? We are also engaging in a, a letter writing campaign and a call campaign to actually make contact with our state legislatures on a district captain or personal note. And it is uh, something that one of our constituents here in Iowa, Linda Dawson, uh, supports wholeheartedly. And I Thank agree you. with her that it's time to engage, just like Jim said, engage in a personal contact with our state legislatures, letting them know we don't have any more time. And Jim is absolutely correct in his assessment. But we're engaging in, in a call and a letter writing campaign, and we want to show up in January when our session, uh, our legislature is going to session. We want to show up in full force with our COS movement and let them know we're not going away. We're here to stay. Quincy, you just made my week. There is nothing better for our volunteers to do than to be making personal contacts with their state legislators. And we have heard time and again that writing personal, especially handwritten letters to your legislators is one of the most, if not the most, effective means of communication with them. So that's wonderful. Keep up the great work, guys. Well, I, I give Linda Dawson absolute. She is the one that deserves the credit. She started uh, doing this and we all I'm on board with it. So I give her absolute 100 percent credit. Well, gentlemen, I want to just thank you on behalf of the national team and on behalf of COS teams across the country whom you have just inspired with your recent achievement in gathering 6,300 petitions at a single event. Thank you for your patriotism, your time, your energy, and your activism. Thank you for your service on behalf of the nation. It was a, it's a pleasure. Thank you. And now we will go back to Mike for the answer to our Article 5 trivia question. Mike? I hope you guys appreciated the show as much as I do and all the incredible grassroots activists that are working so hard to bring a convention of states to reality. What a great strategy it is and what a great history we have leading up to it. It's an important time for us. And if you guys recall the question, our trivia question, I'm here to give you the answer. And remember, we are giving away either a hat or a Hell No Joe shirt. You can go to shopconventionofstates.com and get one. If you didn't win, 
because they are there, they're available, they're shipping out right away, and you can wear them and start conversations with people that think the same way as you. But for now, let's get back to our trivia question and the answer. The question was, which delegate to the 1787 convention made the speech that led to the inclusion of convention estates in Article 5? The answer, for me, it's, I can say, of course, but if you didn't know, it's a great history lesson. Colonel George Mason was the framer who made sure that the Convention of States option was included in Article 5 of the Constitution. Remember, tomorrow is the anniversary of September 15th, 1787, George Mason of Virginia, referred to in James Madison's notes as Colonel Mason, was alarmed that the text of Article 5 uh, only allowed Congress to have sole a power to propose amendments to our Constitution. Madison explained that an oppressive Congress, imagine that, an oppressive Congress, just like we have now, would never agree to propose amendments necessary to restrain a rogue or tyrannical legislature. And that's exactly why it's here. That's exactly why we're using it. And there's the answer to our trivia question for today. And now I'll turn it back over to you, Rita, to close out the show. Thank you so much, Mike. You know, we do this show every week to reach, teach, and activate Americans with the constitutional solution that's as big as the problem. Too many Americans don't know about this power that was gifted to us by the American framers. We believe that the best days for America are ahead, but only if we do what it takes. It won't happen by osmosis, and it certainly won't happen by just watching this broadcast. Millions of Americans have already signed our petition, and thousands of volunteers are doing the work required to restore our republic. But these heroes need your help. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? Like the founders, you are being called to act. So consider this your personal invitation to make history. If you're ready to take your place among the Americans who did whatever it took to save the Republic, sign up for one of the volunteer roles with COS. For example, the state events coordinators assist their state teams in planning and coordinating Convention of States events. These may include an annual rally at the state capitol, headliner speaker events, training meetings, grassroots recruiting efforts, booths at local fairs, and informational meetings. You should be able to secure appropriate facilities and develop a timeline for the event preparation. We're looking for team players who are eager to see America reach a new golden age of freedom and prosperity. We will give you all the training you need and plug you into a community that engages in the only solution as big as the problem. If you'd like to learn more about being a state events coordinator, go to conventionofstates.com and click the Take Action tab to get started. Also, don't forget to follow us on Rumble, MeWe, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, and Instagram. You can also listen to this program and other historic legacy content on our new podcast. Search Convention of States on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, 
Amazon Music or Audible and leave us a five-star review because that helps the show to really grow. Text the word START to 54555 in order to bypass big tech and make sure you receive important news and messages directly from COS. That's S-T-A-R-T to the number 54555. Check out the battle cry with COS President Mark Meckler Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of COS Live. Remember, if you're looking for the person who's going to restore the Republic, don't look to D.C. What you really need to do is hold up a mirror. Imagine you were in this room. We're in Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the very place where the Constitution was done and the Declaration of Independence. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, here with Mark Meckler. And Mark, if you had been in this room, when it happened, when the Constitution was created and George Mason stands up at the very end to say, hey guys, wait a minute, we messed up, we got a real problem here, what would you do? I'd have probably been irritated. <laughs> Sit down. You hear the grumbling, right? Yeah, right? They're like, like let's on, go home. Man. It's two days. <laughs> September 15, 1787, two days before the end of convention. You guys have heard the story. It's hot in here. Yeah. Like they didn't have HVAC back then, so it's hot. The windows are boarded up. They're all irritated by now. They want to go home. Mason stands to address the men and he says, we have a terrible problem with the document we've drafted. I can hear the groans now. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, here George again. again right? Yeah. And he says, we've given the power to the federal government to propose amendments should they deem them necessary, but we've not given the same power to the people acting through the states. Now I gotta stop you there, back up. They've been here for all those weeks to create a federal government. They've redesigned the whole thing. The constitution is designed. Here's our three branches of government. Here's what states can do. Here's what federal government can do. They've created all of that. And he's saying, wait a minute, we have a problem. Yeah, and there's a, a little bit of lost history in there. Actually, the very first draft that went out to the working committees contained this power. The states had the power. I didn't know that. The federal government didn't actually. And when it came back, somehow it had been reversed. And so he notices this at the last minute, literally brings this problem up. Everybody groans, we think. We don't have the videotape, right? Yeah. But then he asks a question that I think is the real question. And this question resonates across the ages. He says, are we so naive that we believe that a federal government that becomes a tyranny will ever propose amendments to restrain its own tyranny? Now wait, let me put that in country boy language. I'm a country boy. That means if the federal government ever gets out of control, do we really think the very people that stole power, that took it without permission, We'll just give it back. We'll just hand it off yeah. to us. You know, whenever I tell this story in a hall or in a meeting somewhere, people laugh. Yeah. And I think that's probably what they did. You know, we don't have a recording. We can kind of tell. Madison's notes in that point, they say nincom. It's Latin for no comment, essentially. That's an abbreviation. No debate. These no guys de debated everything. That's the 1787 version of mic drop. Exactly. Right? No, like, I, mean, <laughs> I call it the forehead slap. Like everybody just went, oh my God, we missed that. I can't believe we missed that. Yeah. And so Eldridge Gary proposes the second part of Article 5 gives the states two-thirds of them power to call and convene a convention of states for proposing amendments. Then the vote's taken. I think this part's incredible. Imagine them in this room, right? Ready to go home. It's unanimous. Unanimous. Absolutely. So it was so obvious to them that we had to give this power to the people acting through the states that there's no debate and it's unanimously adopted. Now let's just summarize that real quick. So they created the constitution, they created the three branches of government, they created all these different levels of accountability and they said, we didn't solve everything. In the future there will be issues, this will need to be amended. Congress can propose amendments and send it back to the states 
and they ratify it. And what George Mason changed, what they actually put in there at the end is the states can propose amendments. The states come together and propose amendments, and then it goes back to all the states to be ratified. And unanimously, they said, that's a good idea. We need that second mechanism. Yeah, important to remember what that means is they gave the ultimate power not to the federal government, not to Washington, D.C., but to the people in the states. Thank you, George Mason. This has been the podcast version of COS Live, originally broadcast on Convention of States Facebook and Convention of States Project YouTube. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.